What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi and Tyler, a.k.a. the Minister of Defense, Graham. So we're in a very exciting time right now because football season starts tomorrow night with the Buffalo Bills going up against the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be a very exciting year, but obviously before a season, we got to have some predictions for the awards and the and the winners. So let's get straight into it. Let's not waste any time. Tyler, who do you have winning MVP this season? Ben, my brother for life, my best friend, and some guy I can rely on. I have Patrick Mahomes winning most valuable player at the Good NFL. Old Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes. It's a prove-it year for him. We, have, we all are fully aware of the departure of the fastest man of live, Tyreek Hill, and what his absence will do to that offense. But people are not talking enough about the fact that they acquired Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is going to be a great addition to Patrick Mahomes, a phenomenal route runner, and he's just going to do whatever he can to redeem himself because he's lost years because of a armless Ben Roethlisberger. I also think Travis Kelsey is going to have a great year for himself, probably one of the better seasons of his life. And I think Andy Reid is going to make the necessary adjustments to give Patty the Mahomes that MVP season he so desires. The Chiefs' weapons are actually very underrated. You obviously mentioned Juju and Travis Kelsey. I think Juju's in for a breakout season with them. Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked if he's a pro bowler. And Travis Kelsey, I actually saw a stat today with him. He's only 400. He's only, he needs four games of at least 100 yards to pass. Gronk for the most of all time, and I think he'll, uh, he could honestly break down in the first four weeks. I 100% agree, Ben. And they also have, I'm not a huge fan of the running backs. I'm not a huge fan of Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I do like the the running back they got out of um, Rutgers, shot at New Jersey, Isaiah Pacheco. I think he can carve out a role for himself. But I also like their two other receivers. I also I like um, the addition of Marcus Valdez Scantling, MVS, speedster, mm-hmm. deep threat. And I love Sky Moore. That was a great pick by them. I think he's going to have a big role early. Huge potential coming out of Mr. Moore. Yeah. And here's the thing, Ben. Um, Who do you have winning MVP, though? I have my division rival quarterback, Josh Allen. He's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. Two years ago, he lost to the Chiefs in the conference championship. And last year, after one of the best playoff games I've ever seen in my life, I'm sure you can agree, Tyler. Of course, of course. Um, Josh Allen scored on every drive and still managed to lose the game because they didn't get the ball in overtime. And I just think that's going to piss him off. And he's, yeah, I think he's in for a, a monster season. I think he's going to have 50 total touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. Because dual threat quarterback, he can... He has an absolute cannon of an arm, easily the strongest arm in the league. And, you know, he's got all the got all the weapons on offense. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Gabe Davis, who could be in for a breakout year. They added Jamison Crowder, who's a reliable slot target. They have Dawson Knox, who had a pretty good season. And they have Devin Singletary, a newly drafted running back, James Cook. And the Bills right now, they're the best team on paper in the league. So I think following... Um, following that season, I think Josh Allen is going to win MVP. I think it's his to lose this year. I can totally see that happening and him holding up that trophy, but postseason success is a whole different ballgame. We'll get to shortly, though. All right, next up on the on the list, Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. Ben, 
I got to go with my man, 28, coming out of blue and white in Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's fantasy's favorite number one for the past two years. And with the new system now with Matt Ryan leading the helm, he's just going to get that much more love and a little less attention because Pittman is going to surge with Matt Ryan's passing abilities. So I'm going to see Jonathan Taylor probably push nearly 2,000 yards rushing. And I think he's going to push around 450 receiving as well because Matt Ryan will make the choices of checkdowns and little wheel routes. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to absolutely light up this league like he usually does. And he's up for a stellar year. Yeah, JT monster he had 1800 rushing yards last season over 20 touchdowns fantasy mvp offensive player of the year he's he's amazing he saved my fantasy team last a few years ago so shout out to jt for that um i have justin jefferson winning it this year and i think the hire of kevin o'connell is gonna make him so much better Jefferson is already, in my opinion, top three receiver. He's gonna, he's gonna be looking to be the best receiver in the league this year. And honestly, I know a lot of people hate Kirk, hate on Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins. I think he can, he knows how to get Jefferson the ball. But I think he's gonna break. I think he can break two thousand yards this year. I think we're gonna see the first two thousand yard receiving season in history. If that happens, I assume the triple crown will follow it, receiving touchdowns and catches probably. So he might have one that, that you know, usurps uh, Cooper Cup's prior season. So, oh boy, that'll be quite the sight to see, though. Yeah, I think, I just, I think Justin Jefferson's going to be, he's going to be great. Shout out to Jay Jettis. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Kirk as well. Shout out to Kirk. You like that? We do like that. We do like that. So next up, opposite side of the ball, who are we feeling for defensive player of the year? I got to go with a tried and tested guy, a guy that instills fear on every single offensive lineman and quarterback to ever grace the gridiron. I got to go with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is still in peak physique. He finished top three last year in you know the, this award. And honestly, I could just see him come out like a barnstorm. Sean McVay is going to obviously just make him do what he does. And with the addition of Bobby Wagner... I think he's going to receive a little less stress when they push those blitzes and the pressure on the quarterback. I think he's going to have a stellar year, and I think he's going to have upwards of 12 sacks, maybe even more. Yeah, Aaron Donald, obviously, are probably the second best. I think he's the second best defender of all time behind Lawrence Taylor, Giants legend. Yeah. But you're going to like my next pick for a defensive play of the year. I have Micah Parsons. God bless Micah. Micah Parsons is... He's just so good, man. He's a freak of nature. He he's fast. He gets to the quarterback with ease. He can stuff the run. I think if he improves his coverage coverage play, which I think he will this year, I think he's gonna win the award. He he was getting votes for it last year as a rookie, and he's only getting better. It's only his second year in the league, and Micah Parsons, his his ceiling, he has no ceiling. He's just that good of a player, and. I think Micah Parsons is going to get at least 15 sacks this year because he had 13 last year as a rookie. I, think I, get a few, I agree. I, I think agree. he'll get a few picks. I think he'll be close to the league leaders in tackles. Not the leader, but I think he'll be in that um, ballpark. Mm-hmm. And the defense, the Cowboys defense ride and dies on him. They do. They do. And as a Cowboys fan, I 100% agree with that because 
we're trying to figure out our own kinks currently with our secondary and relying on Trayvon Diggs to be our, you know, cornerback number one. But Micah Parsons, this is a great pick, Ben, for you. And I'll, this is obviously my bias speaking. But the thing about this award, right, is if he is in top three or top five in every defensive category, I could see him running away with this award. Because the thing about Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald's going to make as much impact as possible from his position. But playing linebacker, you could do it all. You can get sacks, tackles, even interceptions. So that's the thing. Micah Parsons is in a you know a category of his own, and I think by the end of his career, if he stays this course of improvement and play, he can be up there with Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor. Dude, he's he's on that track already. After yeah. that rookie season, anything is possible for this anything, kid. Anything is possible for him. And teams, the first ten teams before the Cowboys messed up because Parsons yeah. was the top three talent. And they let him slip to 11. Whatever grapes I have with Jerry Jones went out the window during that draft night when he selected Micah Parsons because, you know, we can we can get to it in a different episode, but Jerry Jones always makes these very odd decisions. But one decision I will always stand by was his to draft him that night. And look at where we are today with him. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. I would love to see Parsons win a championship in his career with the Cowboys. It would I would love it too, as a Cowboys fan, period. You would love it. I know you would love it. And we, well, I mean, we have to see how the Cowboys do, but Parsons with Parsons, the, the defense ride and dies on him. Of course. So we're moving on to the rookies now, the young guns of the league. Who we have for offensive rookie? Offensive rookie, I have a guy who's going to catch the ball and make his movements, Chris Olave. All right. Listen, the Saints are a different looking team than the old Drew Brees ways, but I think he's going to emerge as a great receiver for Winston here's why though Winston is a guy that we just don't really know what goes on in his head regarding the the pass game right the thing about Winston think about the rest of the quarterbacks in the league we have film on them we have all these things but Winston has been this guy who's been in and out of injury have always lacked the ball security but I think this upcoming season for Winston is going to be great because he's going to make good decisions behind a good line but kind of good everything and with the emergence and return of Mike Michael Thomas, Olave's just going to get his looks. He's going to get open. He's going to have one-on-one situations. And he's amazing. He's like a ballerina on the gridiron. His footwork is great. I, I, I see him winning this award, personally. He knows how to find the end zone. That was the thing at Ohio State. Garrett Wilson got the yards, but Chris Olave was the guy getting the tutties. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And Winston's going to have a field day with him. I think he will, too. But, and this, so this is, um... As a Jets fan, maybe a little biased here. I have my boy, Brees Hall, winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Brees Hall, in the last five drafts, he's there was a stat where he was one of five running backs to receive a score of 99. There's With Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Hall is the fifth. A pretty elite so, class. And Brees Hall, he doubles down as the receiver and a, and a running back. He knows how to make guys miss. He's a bruiser. He'll, he'll get his touchdowns at the goal line, something that the Jets lacked last year. And he's great in, for say, he's great as a safety blanket. You know, Zach Wilson and Forshilly is going to be out for at least the first three weeks. So what, even if he splits cares of Michael Carter, he's going to get his receiving reps with Flacco. And you said so, it beautifully, Ben. Yeah, I think Brees Hall, He's, he's going to be 50-50 to start the year with Carter, maybe even 60-40 in favor of Carter. But as the season goes on, the offense is going to be leaning more and more towards Brees, and Brees is going to he's gonna break out. He's, he's, he's just so talented, man. That's all I have to say. 
Yeah, no, you said it beautifully, Ben. Um, and I love how you mentioned before that he can do not only run but catch as well. And the thing about this trend we're seeing in the NFL is jackknifes of running backs, right? We have the Jonathan Taylors, the Alvin Kamaras, and now we have Mr. Hall, right? It's the fact that you have an extra eligible receiver on the field, not just a straight running back. That makes quarterbacks, you know, ha- very happy. You know, bailouts, checkdowns. Tom Brady did that with all of his running backs, even Lenny Fournette, that that one playoff run, you know? And I think he's going to have an amazing career in New York. And as a Cowboys fan, talking to you as a Jets fan, I, I really wish you the best with him because he's going to be a guy that you're going to love. Brees Hall is an absolute stud. I was a little... I'll have to admit, on draft night, I was a little questioned, but I was a little confused by the pick because, you know, they had Michael Carter at a solid rookie year. But Brees Hall knows how to he knows how to make he knows how to like make people miss, and he knows how to score. And that's what the Jets need. They need a score. Yes, yes. Moving on to the other side of the ball once again, defensive rookie of the year, and I think we're both going to be in agreement on this one. And we are both in agreement on this. He's saucy. He's the guy where everybody wants to see. And I think he's going to bring a Darrell Revis, Revis Island type of legacy to New York. I have Sauce Gardner running away with this award, honestly. Sauce Gardner, I haven't seen a cornerback like him since the likes of Ramsey. Cornerback, sorry. Uh, since Ramsey. And the way he composes himself, the fact that he was never, like, nobody ever threw to him in preseason. He has the ceiling is prime time for him, you know, and I think the floor for him is even Pro Bowl status. He is just an immense athlete and cover like nothing. You know, water covers two thirds of the earth. Sauce Gardner covers the rest. Enough said. Yeah, and Sauce Gardner in the preseason, he was targeted 24 times. He no, he, what am I saying? He played every, every snap he played. He wasn't even targeted. That just shows how much of a lockdown corner he is. He has the he has amazing footwork and um, agility for a guy who's six three. That's the thing with him. Sauce is a tall guy, so he can go up against guys like the Mike Evans of the world. Yeah, yeah, and it's the fact that he has that size and length, which is going to make a lot of receivers question going for a one on one ball with him because. A lot of the cornerbacks we know and love are on the smaller side, very filled out, muscular, and speedy. But 6'3 as a cornerback? Oh my goodness. It's like you made him in Madden. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And I have Sauce Gardner as my defensive rookie of the year, also. I just think he's going to be awesome. I, I wanted Kayvon Thibodeau in the draft, I'll admit it. But Sauce Gardner, I'm not mad at all with that pick. I think. It's like, He's going to be so good. I think from a Jets perspective, you're going to be happy that you picked him over Kayvon Thibodeau. Personally, I think. And I'm an unbiased fan in that situation of looking at it. I think also. I think I will also. And I'm so excited to see Sauce play. He didn't give up a touchdown in college. Let's hope he doesn't give one up in the league anytime soon. Of course. Yeah, moving on. Comeback player of the year. A fun category. What are we feeling for this one? There's a lot of options we could pick from. This this award is probably one of the more interesting awards in all of sports because it's a award that commemorates the fact that, you know, you have that setback that is injury or, you know, something else, and you come back and you perform to the best of your ability from the circumstances you once had. And one player that I've always admired from afar, we both share the same favorite jersey number in general. 
um, a guy that's going to be running the ball in Carolina. I have Christian McCaffrey winning comeback player of the year. I just think that he's going to come back strong. And I think with the addition of Baker, it's going to make things interesting in Carolina for the play calling aspect, right? Because past couple of years with McCaffrey at the helm, they lacked a passer heavy offense. But I think with Baker, they're going to change things around. Naturally, in a passing, more passing offense, your run game is just going to excel, right? So I think Christian McCaffrey is going to come back. He's going to get his reps, and he's going to come right back into the fold of great running backs. Also great receiving backs as well, because that's another thing, like the Camaras and the Taylors. He's great running the ball and catching it as well. But I have McCaffrey winning this award here. I mean, people forget with McCaffrey. Before his last healthy season, he had 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving. Amazing. Like, dude is – he's so good. He just needs to stay healthy, which – has been it's been unfortunate over the last few years for McCaffrey because the kid is the guy is so talented. The thing and is, I, no, carry on. You got that. So the thing about the running back position in, in in football is different than any other position in all of sports. Really, it's such a you're getting beat up a lot, right? And the thing about a Christian McCaffrey in the recent years or other running backs, and this is my fear for Jonathan Taylor for the future. Let's say Matt Ryan doesn't stay, is that when you have a workhorse running back they're that many more times susceptible to injuries, right? That's what happened to McCaffrey. They worked him into the ground. And that's why he seems like a house of glass now that we can barely have on the field for more than 15 games. That's the thing. Like, if he's healthy, I think Baker takes that stress off of him because it's a little bit more passing. And they also still have wide receiver weapons, too, that are going to get love as well. So I think they'll figure out the play calling over there, and I have McCaffrey winning. Yeah, and that's probably the popular pick right now for comeback player. Him and Derrick Henry mm-hmm. are the popular picks. I'm going to go a little outside the box here. This is a guy hasn't played in a while. He hasn't played in a year and a half. But I think he's going to be in for a, go- a great season, and that's Michael Thomas. He ha- The Saints receiver, he was the best receiver in the league the last time he played. Yep. He had almost 150 receptions that year. He was crazy. And um, everyone could talk about the slant boy memes with him. Yep. Thomas is a talented receiver. Mm-hmm. He got paid for a reason, and he knows how to get open, and he knows how to get yards and score. And he's, there's no Drew Brees this year. This could make a difference, but I think Winston will be able to get Thomas the ball. And I think Thomas is going to have I, – I think he can be – I think he'll be a pro bowler this year. And I'm pretty sure – I think he'll definitely break 1,000 yards. He could easily break 10 touchdowns, and he's obviously going to eat up the targets. And having other talented guys in um, New Orleans, you mentioned Chris Olave as your offensive rookie of the year pick. They also have Jarvis Landry, who's another reliable target. Yes. And they have Alvin Kamara, who also, who's basically a slot receiver. So I think Thomas is going to be in for a bounce-back year, and I hope he does because he's one of the best in the league when he's healthy. Could not agree more, Ben. I think it, at that point, the success of – my offensive rookie in the year and your comeback player of the year is in the hands of Winston. That's the thing. It's like, what is Winston going to show us? Because we haven't really seen full velocity of him yet in a good system. That is because when he was in Tampa, it was not the team that Tom Brady has now. It was way worse. So the fact that he has a comparable team, even a defense too. Shout out to the Honey Badger going to New Orleans. Um, we could really see the full extent of Winston. And the full return of Mc, uh, of Thomas and Olave. 
Yeah, and I think I think Olave and Thomas are going to be in for great years. I would not surprise if both these guys won their respective awards. Of course. So moving on, coaches. Who do you ever coach of the year? Coaches are a very interesting thing. Usually, the guy who wins this award uh, improves their team the most. But I'm going with a different approach here. I'm going Matt Lafleur. Here's Matt Lafleur. The thing about Matt Lafleur is if he wins at least five games this season, we'll sit about 79% win percentage, which is the winningest coach in NFL history. And all he has to do is complete this season, and he'll be eligible for that accolade. Um, currently, as it stands, the Packers are a good team. You know, uh, obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Psychedelic himself, just slinging the ball around. But the, currently, the wide receiver core is a little stale. We all have to admit, we got to see that. Say the least, a little. To say the least. So I think Lafleur is going to really flourish with the play calling and make this receiving core look good. But I also have an itch feeling that there's going to be a certain addition soon. I feel like they're going to add somebody that's going to make Aaron Rodgers happy and that addition happy. And I think they're going to have a stellar team behind Matt Lafleur because he doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. He can't just say, hey, A-Rod, throw it to the end zone. You have 17 down there. He has to be more strategic now in the play calling. And now you have these split uh, running backs with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's going to be really interesting over there. And I think Lafleur is going to just show off his little genius a little bit. And I think he's a great coach. I hear a lot of talk that he's just, oh, my gosh, he just has Aaron Rodgers. This season, he's going to prove that that record means something and that he just didn't get that because he's had good teams. Yeah, you said you said beautifully that Aaron Rodgers got to be sharper than ever without Adams. I mean, the receiving core right now is led by Alan Lazard and third-round rookie Romeo Dubes. Who had a good preseason? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna like disregard his talent, but it's looking rough out there. They also do have two solid running backs. They got Aaron Jones, who's gonna be. He's gonna be used a lot in the receiving game this year. Yeah. And big boy super quad AJ Dillon, who he's gonna have. He's gonna get his touches. He's gonna be used in sh- goal line situations, early down, short uh, short yardage. So. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Lafleur wins it, especially with the depleted cast of Rodgers. But I have I have someone who I originally hated this hire when it first happened, but I think with the talent the team has, it is definitely attainable. And that's Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, you as a Cowboys fan, you're gonna hate it because the Eagles right now are probably the favorite to win the division just because. They added a lot of guys. They added AJ Brown. They added um, we'll see. In the offseason, they added um a bunch of guys in the draft, and um, I Elliot also added Chauncey Gardner Johnson recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on Jalen Hurts. If the Eagles get at a top three seed, I think Sirianni should be able to win that award, and he did a good job last year. There were nine. He led a team that was four eleven and one to a nine and eight record and a playoff appearance, but Jalen Hurts, the Eagles succeed if he succeeds, they'll fail if he fails. But if the Eagles win games, I think Sirianni is definitely going to be in the running, if not winning the award. Yeah, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I hate to say it, but you're you're absolutely right. You know, it's the thing is, um, the team has improved under his, you know, supervision. And with the additions that they made, 
like the A.J. Browns in the drafts, like what was his name? Jordan Davis out of Georgia, the 6'6 defensive tackle. Um, he's he, like he has a he has a well constructed roster. Now, granted, there's a couple of holes that can be patched, but um, I can totally see him winning this award as well because you know what's the ceiling now? Jalen Hurts, you know, you've we've given you chances. Now you have a comparable team. You have a good line now. What's going to be your excuse? And let's say he doesn't have any, and he plays his ball. You know, he plays ball. He definitely win this award. He yeah. There's. There's a ton of there's a ton of coaches in the league who are obviously gonna be in the conversation. You got the you got the McVeighs, you got um you got the McVeighs, you got the Brandon Staley's, yeah, Reich too. Yeah, Frank Reich. You got and you got oh the Sean McDermott's too. How can I forget him? Of course. And even even guys like Dan Campbell. If the Lions have a somewhat decent year, dude could win it. I I doubt he will, but I know a lot of guys. I know twenty two percent of the bets have been faced have been um blown on Dan Campbell. And I don't think a a team that wins at seven games is gonna get the coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, you gotta at least be above five hundred, at least improve into the five hundred. So we'll see how it goes. It, this is one of the tougher awards because it's pretty subjective, right? So it's like you know you have teams that went from lottery teams to like average teams. You have teams that went from average to good. You know, circumstances happen, plays happen. So like this is a really tough award for executives and voters to make, but an award nonetheless. I, I completely agree. Uh, regular season, best regular season team. We honestly probably don't have to do much explain on this. I think we both have the same team for an obvious reason. Bills, baby. You, like, they have the best roster on paper. Um, you know, if I'm, any, if I'm an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and I just look at the Bills roster, I might have cold sweats and nightmares at night, you know? This is a tough team. They're deep. They're dangerous. There is not one hole in their roster that is not within, you know, range of winning at all. And with the addition of Von Miller, this team is just insane, dog. It really is insane. They have insane pass rush. Their, their, you know, their cornerbacks and defensive backs are great. And you have Josh Allen slinging the ball to Stephon Diggs. What more can you ask for? Yeah, they're, they're just so talented on paper. Cornerbacks led by Tredavious White, Ter- Taron Johnson, pass rusher with Von Miller, Gregory Russo, Ed Oliver on the D line, Trey Mendes and the linebackers. Solid offensive line. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis in the passing game. Running backs could be it could be a little better, but it serves the purpose. They get the job done. Exactly. And Josh Allen. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. And it's good. It's going to be a letdown if this team like doesn't win at the the AFC. Or I think it's a letdown if this team doesn't get at least 13 wins. If they get anything less than that, it'll be a disappointment. A big one at that. Yeah, similar to last year. All right, moving on to um, much less than the cream of the crop. Who's going to be the worst uh, regular season team in the league? Got to go with the very, very sad franchise, neighbors of the Dallas Cowboys. I got to go with the Houston Texans. I just think... Their, their their roster is horrendous. It's really terrible. It's bad. And it's like Davis Mills is obviously going to be better. You know, he's going to find his footing. But for how many points that defense of theirs is going to let up, he's not going to be able to play catch up. And that team is going to, let's just say they're going to be in the lottery, top three pick at minimum. They stink. Yeah, and I hope they're not in that top three, honestly, because... I like Davis Mills. I don't want them to be picking a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young come next April. 
So I think this team will end up being in the top three, maybe even top one. Who knows? I think the Chicago Bears are going to be the worst team in the league. And let me tell you something about the Bears. I don't hate. I'm. It's, this is not a a down on Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a very talented quarterback, but the Bears just haven't done anything to make it to like make a situation better. One of the worst offensive lines in football. Sure, you sign notable draft bust Alex Leatherwood, but that's not really going to help you that mm. much. Um, their his best receiver is Darnell Mooney, who's a solid receiver by all means. But I'm gonna be honest; I can't name another receiver on the Bears right now besides him. You let Allen Robinson go for nothing. You have Cole Komet at tight end, who's okay at best, and then you have David Montgomery, who's who's solid. You know, he's he'll there'll be a run first offense, but. They're going to be down. They're going to be losing in a lot of those games, so they're not going to use him as often. Yeah. And the defense, good thing they didn't botch the Roquan Smith situation because that would have been something else mm. if they messed that up. So I just think, I just think the Bears are going to be really bad this year, and I feel really bad for Fields because he was such a touted prospect coming out of Ohio State in 2021, but the Bears just haven't done anything to make his life any easier. Uh, I 100% agree. I think Houston and the Bears are going to be uh, draft pick neighbors. They're going to be one after the other and right next to each other there. And I love Fields as much as the next guy. I still think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. It's just like he's probably in the crappiest situation a quarterback could ever imagine being in. And I feel terrible for him, and I really hope they figure it out over there. And if I'm him, if they don't follow my request or just improve in the slightest, I'm I'm trying to get out of there. I mean, I'm a there. I, we saw the look on his face when the Bears drafted him. Every other quarterback had a nice smile on their face. Fields just looked sad, honestly. It happens. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, moving on, we're going to get to the fun part, the playoffs. Who we have, not having the be- not having the one seed in the NFC, but who's coming out of the NFC in the playoffs? Oh, Ben, Ben, Ben. I got to go with number 12 in Tampa Bay. I got to go with the Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady. I just think they're tried and tested right behind the Bills. I think they have one of their more deeper rosters and more dangerous rosters in the league. Um, Tom Brady is tried and tested. I don't understand what you know what's going on behind his closed doors, but it's Tom Brady at the end of the day. He's going to give you the 5,000 passing yards and an insurmountable amount of touchdowns. And this defense is still deep. It's still good as hell. And one thing that we're I think not many people are talking about is Julio. If Julio remains healthy, so help the NFL. They're going to have to pray to any God they want to, God, Allah, whatever, because that wide receiving core is the most dangerous I've seen in a long time. Julio's healthy. But I can see the Buccaneers just mosey on through the NFC, honestly. Yeah, and the NFC is not It's not um, as good as – it's not the greatest. You got, you got the Rams there. But like other than that, it's very top heavy. If anything, not much depth in there. But and that's why I have the Buccaneers also winning the NFC. Yeah. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He's old as dirt, but he's still kicking it, and he'll he'll have a good season. And like you said, Chris Godwin's also going to come back from his ACL tear earlier than usual, earlier than um scheduled. So watch out for that also. And Mike Evans, I think he, I think he's going to be in for arguably the best season of his career. I think if a lot, if um Godwin misses any time, I think I think Evans will catch. I think he might catch fifteen plus touchdowns this year. I agree, Ben. And he's gonna definitely break over a thousand yards. 
dude's done that his whole career. It's so funny and, about... Oh, go ahead, Ben. And Julio Jones, as you said, he, if he stays healthy, that's just another weapon people have to watch out for. Sure, he's older, but it's, it's Julio Jones. Yeah, it, it was the same protocol with Antonio Brown. People were suspect of him, the Buccaneers acquiring him, but they're... Antonio Brown and Julio Jones are in the same ballpark of tried and tested receivers, best of the decade, you know, NFL all-time teams. It's the same process. And the fact that Tom Brady's going to hit these guys is insane. And the one guy I actually have as a dark horse candidate, let's bring it back for a moment for Offensive Player of the Year, is Mike Evans. I really think he's going to have the, the best season of his life, like you just said, Ben. And the fact that he's had eight consecutive 1,000-yard seasons blows my mind and nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to talk about it why is no one talking about mike evans it's it's really disrespectful because everyone puts they talk so much highly about no disrespect to any of these guys i'm about to name anyway they talk about Devonte adams cooper cup stefan diggs tyreek hill they don't give any love to mike evans who's been the most consistent receiver in the league by like over the last eight years crazy absolutely crazy and it's the fact that in the early set of his career he hasn't had like a tom brady quarterback he's done that with winston and you know others in between and it's remarkable and we have to put some respect on his name guys come on like it's mike evans this guy can play we really do it's crazy like the disrespect is real moving on to the afc who's coming out of this year oh boy from the saint the sunny land of socal you're going with the Los Angeles Chargers. LA. I'm gonna I'll we could talk about this one right after you give your take. And this team, I think, is gonna steamroll through the AFC. I just have a weird feeling that they are just well constructed. Every hole that they had, they filled with just top guys. And like I mentioned before with the Bills and the Buccaneers, they have a meta defense. And what I what I mean by a meta defense is that the meta right now, which is you know, the main thing, the, the, the win-all mentality is a pass rush heavy and great defensive back defense. Now let's talk about who they have at those positions. Derwin James is coming back. Great. Khalil Mack. Ben, you know Khalil Mack. We all know Khalil Mack. JC Jackson, who had an awesome year. It, uh, they call him Mr. INT for a reason. Exactly. He's going to bring the X factor, and Herbert is just going to get better. Keenan Allen's going to do his thing. That team is great. Great. And I think they win the AFC. Really good on paper. He's going to, and you know, no, carry on. You finish up. I just think that the Chargers are going to meet the Buccaneers, and Herbert is going to shake hands with Tom Brady, and it's going to be like a pass the torch moment between them. I think Brady's going to kick his butt, personally. But the thing is, I like the Chargers. They're probably with the Bills. They're probably the second best team on paper in the NFL. But I just, they have everything on paper. But, like, this is a team I could see winning the AFC and getting a first-round bye and then losing in the game right after. It seems like it's just been the nature of the Chargers over the last 20 years that they've done so well in the regular season. And proceeded to choke it in the playoffs. Now, I, it's not it's not right to predict that, but I just don't trust special teams is obviously a, an issue Huge with them. Issue, I think yes. that's always been a problem with the Chargers ever since um the Philip Rivers Latanian Tomlinson days, mm. and it's just like a mistake that Brandon Staley made. We all know the infamous timeout 
and the Raiders game to end the season, which cost them a playoff spot. It's just something I, I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I trust Dale in the playoffs. I, I trust Herbert and everyone else on that team, but coaching is going to be the big. That's the big gripe that I have with this team. But I think the Chargers are going to be the second best regular season team in the AFC. I think they'll win 12, 13 games this year. But my AFC championship, a little dark horse, I have the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts, they're a team, ever since, ever since they made the playoffs in 2018 with Andrew Luck coming back and upsetting the Texans in round one in the wild card, I've been saying the team could be a contender for years. and. They could have been a, a scary team in the playoffs last year, but Carson Wentz choked against the worst team in the league. But that's a story for another day. Matt Ryan is, a, is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Although the stats might not say it, it's an upgrade. Better Matt Ryan is a better deep ball, just a better arm in general than, Car- than uh, Carson Wentz. He doesn't make the same mistakes. And the Colts are another team that's so good on paper. Jonathan Taylor was obviously the best running back in the league last season. Michael Pittman, who I loved coming out of USC, I wanted the Jets to draft him so badly in 2020, but that obviously didn't happen. He's a jump ball machine. I think Matt Ryan can make him have almost a, like a Julio Jones-esque seasons. Like, I think the guy is in for a monster year. But And um, who what else? They have one of the best lines in football, if not the best. Guys like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, um, Braden Smith. Those guys are so good. And then the defense, it just got better this season. DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, Yanni Nagakwe lead a stack D-line. Shaquille, Darius newly named Shaquille Leonard is one of the best linebackers in football, if not the best. And they added Stephon Gilmore to a secondary that has Pro Bowl cornerback Kenny Moore already. There's no, like, I don't see any glaring holes on this team, like, at all. And I think if Indiana, if the Colts make it to the playoffs, I think they're a team that could turn up in the playoffs. I think they can knock off teams like the Chargers and the Bills. I 100% agree with you, Ben. Like, you're absolutely right. It's just like, for some reason, the Colts have always been in this weird limbo where they're good but not great or, you know, somewhere in between. But finally, this roster just seems so solid, like a concrete Colts team. And honestly, I would love to see... Um, the Buccaneers and Colts face off, and I love you could you could explain that later, Ben, which you know mentioned me before, but that would be quite the Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, this it's gonna be fun. Whoever comes out, I'm just excited. The Super Bowl is so far away. I'm just it's the best time of the year. We it's it's just so fun to watch, no matter who's in it. So. Moving on to um the biggest um award in football, who do we have winning the big game? Well, I mentioned it before, Ben, and I think TB12 is going to walk onto that field wherever they're going to so hold the Super Bowl this year. I forget. Um, he's going to win his eighth ring and final. And when that microphone goes up to him, they're going to put it up and they're going to ask Tom, "What are you going to do now?" And he says, "I'm done." I got my eighth. I'm going to go spend time with my kids. Well, he's got that big contract with Fox, so we know what he's going to be doing. You know what he's going to do? He said, for the time being, I'm going to spend time with my kids this offseason and then go in the broadcasting booth for the next 10 years. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. 
He's gonna have a he's this he's he's gonna have a okay Super Bowl, but the Buccaneers are gonna walk away with it. And funny enough, I have Mike Evans winning Super Bowl MVP because in my hypothetical situation, Ben, of course, I have the Buccaneers and Chargers facing off, and I think Mike Evans is gonna turn up in, in the second half. He's gonna watch the halftime show, and he's gonna have over 130 yards, two tutties, and he's gonna take home the MVP. Tom is gonna win his eighth ring, and everybody in Tampa Bay is gonna throw a party. Yeah, and. I would not be shocked if the Bucks just wanted all Tom Brady just wanted to come back just for another ring, because their their Bucks are so good, it's, and it's Tom Brady. You can't really bet against them. But I'm gonna do that right now. I very very spicy take. I think the Colts are winning it all this year. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very storybook moment. You know, obviously Super Bowl Fifty One, Falcons Patriots. Falcons are up twenty eight to three on Tom Brady. And they blow the lead like that. Everyone knows the story. You're not going to go into that, depth, that in the depth with it. But I think Matt Ryan gets his, reve- gets his revenge. He has a redemption. He shakes off the ghosts of the past. And I think in a close game, I think he'll knock off Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And I think also with this, I think he's going to win his, his first ring, his first Super Bowl MVP. And I think this game is going to solidify him as a Hall of Famer. Because Matt Ryan is one of the best quarterbacks statistically of all time, but the winning hasn't necessarily translated to it. Mm. So, and I think the Colts can, they have the talent to match up with the Buccaneers' skill positions on defense. And I would love to see Matt Ryan win this, because Matt Ryan, I, I love Matt Ryan as a quarterback. And it would be so awesome to see him finally get that ring after some rough years with the Falcons in the last few years, ever since that um, Super Bowl collapse. So I just think it's going to be a storybook ending in the in the season. Well, it's interesting too, Ben, because in sports, you know, you and I both love sports to the day we will die. And it's funny how a lot of these sports work out in narrative ways, right? It's funny that Tom Brady broke the passing record against the Patriots. It's funny how Steph Curry broke the three-point record in Madison Square Gardens because the Knicks should have drafted him, you know? There's a lot of funny little things about sports in general, and I can see this narrative play out just like that, a revenge tour. He comes back and he lets everybody know, I'm a Hall of Famer, and here's why. I could totally see it happening. Yeah, and I I would love to see it. It's always fun to see the the Cinderella stories. Last year we had the Bengals. This year, maybe it'll be, I think it'll be the Colts. I think that'll be the... The Cinderella story of this season. I should agree. Yeah, so that's our predictions. It was a lot, a lot of hot takes, but we got them. We got them for a reason, and now we have these receipts. So when the season eventually comes to a close, we'll say we could say I told you so with these. Don't you agree? Of course, baby. We have them all. I have them time stamped and everything, and I can't wait to put it on a T-shirt if I'm all right. If I'm all right, Ben, we're going out to dinner, baby. And, and all I'm saying, if Breesaw and Sauce Gardner wins, win their Rookie of the Years, it's going to be a good time for me, even if we don't make the playoffs. And if Micah takes home Defensive Player of the Year, it'll be a good year for me as well. Yeah, I fully agree. So that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, I'm Ben Kuchapudi. I'm Tyler Graham, baby. And we out. Peace out.